0: Here I am again, Dave and Sue are away, uh, it seems to do it every time I preach, so <laughs> it's just a coincidence that it's the same for the next three preachers, <laughs> I don't take it personal. <laughs> I'll just kick his cap when I see it. <laughs> Let's just pray for the blessing Lord we thank you for this uh, blessing Lord We ask that you take it and multiply it Lord That you put it to work Lord in your kingdom Lord for what, we, uh, for what you desire Lord For what you need Lord We just thank you Lord for this blessing And we ask you to receive it Lord With the love that comes from our heart Amen Right this morning I'm looking around the room And I can see lots of good people Okay, I see a few good people. I see, um, I see one or two. Um, I see Russ, but but something inside us—we all want people to think how good we are, that we're good people. And it would really hurt us if we found out that people thought—lost my voice—that people thought that we weren't good. And it. it It's been on my mind since I preached last on the sovereignty of God about all the bad things that are happening in the world and why are these things happening when God is sovereign in our lives. And if you remember last time where I preached, I said that I would look at why these things are happening. And so this morning, I want to ask, why? Why am I Scottish? No, sorry. Sorry, Carol. <laughs> why do I get sick? Why do others get sick? Why did that person die so young? Why is life so hard? Etc, etc, etc. Why, 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 why? The list can go on. As a pastor I get asked many times, you know, not just from people in here when, when we talk, but people in the cafe, people who come to the the TOTS group, people in the food bank, and they say, why is life like this? I haven't done anything wrong. Why is life so hard? And it's so easy to give a glib Christian answer and say, oh, God's in control, just get on with this. And that's not how we're going to win people's hearts. That's not how we're going to get them into the kingdom. So the title of my message this morning is, why do bad things happen to good people? Or even more infuriating, why do good things happen to bad people? Put your hands up if you've thought that. Be honest, we're all thinking, why do these things happen? You know, you know, it's all in the papers again now, is it 20 odd years later? Why did Princess Diana die? You know? Clive has just just had a bereavement in his family. I've just found out yesterday, a guy I was at school with, just passed away in his sleep. Nobody knew he was ill even, he just passed away in his sleep. And everybody's saying, why? The Facebook was full of all my friends were saying, why George? Why has he gone so quickly? So I thought, let's have a look in the scriptures, because, you know, I found it's quite a good place to find out what's going on, and where the truth is. So let's turn to Romans 3, 12 in your Bibles, you know, on, or your mobile device or bits of paper or whatever you've got it written down on. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. I'm going to read that again all have turned aside together they have become useless there is none who does good there is not even one this is Paul talking about us he was talking about the Christians and then he's talking about Christians now you know so when I first read that I didn't like that so I thought let's try and find a better one because we all do that don't we you know pick a mix pick the ones you want throw the bits out you don't want So let's have another one. Let's look at Luke 18, 19. So I'm just listening to Michelle talking to herself at the front here. (laughs) And Luke writes, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. No one is good. Except with God's alone. So I thought I'll just maybe give it one more try to find all these good people. And in Romans three, twenty three, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the Bible's telling us, and not just one writer. Two of the major writers of the New Testament are telling us that none of us are good. Jesus is telling us none of us are good. We all fall short of the standard set by God. So there's your answer. None of us are any good. That's why bad things happen to us. So that's it. That's the end of my message. <laughs> no, I know you'd only tell Dave. I'll give you the early morning off. So I thought... Let's reword the message. So the message this morning is, why do bad things happen to nice people? Looking around, I can see lots of nice people. Nice people who are honest, don't tell lies, don't steal, treat others with respect and decency. So although they aren't perfect, they're trying to do what's right. So why... Would God still allow bad things to happen to them? One word explains it. Sin. Sin is in the world, and it affects everyone in different degrees. In recent years, we've seen many, many, many people killed by terrorist bombs. Some are killed, some are maimed. But miraculously, there's always a story about the person who was standing ten foot from where the explosion was and everyone else was killed, but they survived without a scratch. Why? You see, sin affects us all, but it affects us all differently. Some are lost and some are little. Now, if I was in charge of the world and if I was in charge of the day, every day would be wonderful. No sickness, no arguments, no bills, no disasters. The sun would be shining all day long. Sorry, cat. It's all right. <laughs> Except there'd be a little bit of rain over Long Eaton just for cats. And coffee would be free to all pensioners over the age of sixty-five. Okay, but not instant. Instant coffee would be banned, and so would decaffeinated. But <laughs> but guess what? We are not in charge of our lives. God is. I love what the, the prophet Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 10, It's going to come on the screen so you, you don't have to keep flipping through. It says, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. Look, none of us know the mind of God. I know I don't. It's impossible in one sermon to cover all of why bad things happen in our lives. Even after three years in Bible college, people like Dave and that still go on and on and study trying to find out these answers. And I haven't got the answers. But in the last couple of weeks, I've, I've spent a lot of time reading books by uh, by John Andrews and, and some of Dave's books and also um, of Andrew Davis who's going to be speaking at um, our mission about some of the things that he taught us at college and that. So I've narrowed it down and I, when I say narrowed it down, there's, there's hundreds to seven of the reasons from God's word why I think and I believe bad things happen to good people. One. Bad things happen because we live in a fallen world. In the beginning, Adam and Eve had a lovely job, didn't they? God gave them everything. Everything they ever needed. And there was probably stuff there they didn't need, but it was still there. It was there in abundance for them. But what did they do? They sinned. The world was cursed. The deaths we have waiting for us one day, unless Jesus comes before that time, the loneliness, the sickness, the pain and disease we all endure today, all become of the sin of Adam and Eve. All of them start from there. So you see, although you didn't, you weren't the original sinners, you are still bearing the consequences of the sins of others. We've all heard it say, how could a loving God allow his people to get sick? How can he tolerate cancer, tolerate strokes, tolerate Alzheimer's, and many, many more? We've said it, and we've heard others say it. But think about it. If you go out and buy a nice new car, you know, top of the range, sat-nav, aircon, MP3 player. Well, they don't have MP3 players now, do they? Everything is seamless, and then you take it for a nice drive out along the, the A50 and you drive it into the back of a parked car because you're not looking, you're looking out the window or you're arguing with the wife or the husband and you smash your car up. It's not the manufacturer's fault. You don't phone up Toyota or or Ford or, or, or I was going to say Vauxhall but I don't think they're going anymore. You don't phone up and say, it's your fault, my car's smashed up, your car is broken because of your faults, and our lives are broken because of our sin. It's our actions that have caused a broken world. The sickness and disease we endure every day, the hurricanes and tornadoes, the droughts and the floods, the struggles at work and the pain in childbirth, all come of a result of man's sin, because they weren't God's plan. When God set out to make the world, he didn't say, I'm going to build this lovely place and then I'm going to make horrible things happen. They weren't on his agenda. Man broke it. The world is not like God created. So, my second reason. Bad things happen to good people because of the sins of others. We read in Samuel that Daniel, sorry, that King David committed adultery with Uriah's wife, and she became pregnant. When David found out, he tried to cover his tracks by having his faithful soldier come back for the battlefield. David welcomed him and sent him home to be with his wife, thinking Uriah would sleep with his wife and cover up David's transgressions. But Uriah didn't go home. He would not enjoy the pleasure of a roof over his head and his wife's comf- company when his other soldiers were still in the battlefield and the Ark of the Covenant was there. So he went back to the battlefield. Was there ever a more innocent and committed man than Uriah? He didn't want the pleasures. He wouldn't take the pleasure. He wanted to do his job. His job was to be with the soldiers. His job was to protect the, the Ark of the Covenant. And he wouldn't do it. And so what happened? David had him killed to cover his tracks. You see, bad things happen to good people because of the sins of others. Think of the families who go without food because their fathers are addicted to gambling, drugs or alcohol. Think of the innocents who are killed every day on our highways because of drunken driving or speeding. Think of the many Christians martyred around the world because of the sins of others. Three. Bad things happen to good people to teach and prepare us. In Samuel seventeen, thirty-one 31 to 36, which I, I thought I'd done the slide, but I haven't. <laughs> you will recall that a giant named Goliath would go out every day and stand in front of the Israelites and challenge them to a fight. Every day those soldiers trembled with fear because they thought their time had come. That is until a young boy came along and said he would fight the giants. When King Saul heard about the boy's offer, he called David in and told him he was too young and inexperienced to fight that giant. But David said, hold on, I've already fought a lion and a bear. God protected me then, he will protect me now. Imagine if you were David. I can imagine there was times when David sat on the side of the hill in the cold and the dark as he watched the sheep that he wondered why God didn't protect him and the sheep from the attack of these wild animals I imagine he had trouble understanding why God allowed those problems to keep coming his way little did he realise that God was preparing him for even bigger challenge later yeah you know, thinking, of some of the things in your life that at the time they're happening have seemed, te- they've just seemed, it sometimes seems like the end of the world. Yeah? But then a few years later you look back and you think, I couldn't have survived today if I hadn't have gone through that. Yeah? I remember in, in my life when, when, when my bipolar really kicked off when I was in the Philippines, I mean in the space of three weeks, I had a 7.9 earthquake, I had um, Hurricane Yolanda that killed 5,000 people in the area where I was living, I had a company in America fail to pay me over $150,000 that made me bankrupt and my bipolar, my medication stopped working all within three or four weeks and I thought that was it, that's the end of my life. But I'm standing here now, three years later, talking to you, because God is using those things that happened in my life, so that I can talk to people and I can help other people get through the darkness and the, the storms that are going in in your lives. We have to get rid of that word "why" in our in our minds. It must, you know, we. we It just stops you from doing... What you're standing there saying why, you could be doing something. You could be getting out of the mud. You could be getting out of the storm. You could be getting out of the problems that you're in. So you see, the lion and the bear were only part of God's boot camp. Designed to prepare David for bigger challenges ahead. I'm sure many of you pray in your own private times, What have you got for me, God? Yeah, But if you want to be a soldier for God, if you want to be a warrior for God, you've got to be trained. You've got to go through the hardships. I don't know if you've seen these programs on the television where they they show training for the special forces and they show the comedy ones from America because what they do is over the top and everything else. But you have to go through hardships. You have to go through stuff that you think, I just can't i can 't go through that. How can I survive that? Do you know I mean when I look back and, and facebook 's a wonderful thing for connecting with your past. you know I know Jan sees a a friends from when she was in in the uh, the women 's royal Air Force, which is no longer they 's called the Royal air Force now, so they they don 't differentiate and I think about the basic training I went through and some of the stuff I went through, you know like standing at the end of your bed for an hour because one of the beds was out of line, or watching your clothes disappear out the window because you hadn't folded your shirt properly. And you think to yourself, how do these help me become a better soldier or an airman? But a couple of years after that, I found that I was teaching other people the same thing because it had made such an influence in my life and made my life so much easier because I'd learnt these things that I went and I was teaching up at the um, the regiment training camp for six months, doing exactly the same things, knowing that these people hated me. They hated when I walked in the room, but I knew that it was for their own good. And so sometimes when when you're sitting there and and you're saying, why God, why God, why God? You know why? It's because he loves you. He's not going to send you out unprepared. He's not going to send you out so that you're going to get massacred. He's going to send you out strong, uplifted, built up, educated, and financially strong so that you can be who he wants you to be. Bad things happen to good people. I like this one. To bring glory to God. People people who know, uh, my friends who know what I've gone through, they say to me, How can you be so happy now after what you've been through? You know, they knew I was a Christian. They knew I was out there helping church, and they said, "Well, that didn't go well." But they said, "All we ever see when you're in Facebook is what good time you're having." And now, you know, you you're always saying, "Well, we're doing this at church, and church is doing this, and we're reaching out to Burkina Faso." And I say, I'm doing it because I love God, and God wants me to do it, and I'm doing it for God. Because without him I would still be a quivering wreck in a room, who knows where, with the door locked and the lights out not talking to people. Now when you think about things happening to people in the Bible, we all come to Job. I was talking with Dave on uh Mr Wheatley there on Thursday and he said, You're gonna mention Job So I said, "Yep, yeah, of course. <laughs> on the job training, and um, <laughs> before before we <laughs> before, <laughs> can you take her name, please? just make it up? <laughs> I've been really nice to you today, as well. <laughs> before we get to job. Let me say, if you think that Satan only hangs around with the wicked people in the dark places, then you're wrong. He loves to come to religious gatherings as well. Paul tells us in Corinthians that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. So just remember that. Just because you're in church, just because you're at a barbecue with Christian friends, that Satan masquerades as an angel. So back to Job. Remember, Satan's so deceptive that the angels don't take notice of him. But God recognises him. And God says to him, what are you doing? God starts bragging to the devil about Job. The devil said, if you let me attack him, He'll turn his back on you. So God allowed bad things to happen to Job, an innocent man. So God would be glorified. It is easy sometimes to begin to think that the world revolves around us. To believe that God was made for us and not the other way around. We often believe that God owes us pain-free lives. I bet Job thought that. I bet Job thought, why have I done wrong to deserve all this? Bad things happen to good re- people to remind us to trust God. It's very easy for us to believe we need nothing and no one. I get by. I will stand by myself. I don't need you. I'm better off by myself until disasters come our way when disaster struck me i was in a country where the people were so poor and there was nobody there to help me the embassy weren't the best in the world but the embassy did one good thing for me they got in touch with dave and sue and dave and sue were there with me for me dave met me at the airport and brought me back and then um i went to stop with Cavill and Dave, so it wasn't, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? (laughs) But, you know, it it would have been easy for me to sit there and, and just think, this is the end, and it was for me, it was the end. I was prepared to jump off a bridge into a very busy shipping lane, and then God sent an angel. To help me. It is then. When we can no longer handle things ourselves. That we often find ourselves. Forced to turn to God. The God we have ignored. It is often then. That we begin to pray with words. We really mean. We all have our. Cutie cutie sweetie little words. That we pray. But. When we are in trouble. Those. Prayers suddenly take on a completely different meaning. They get longer, they get more frequent, and they get down to the nitty-gritty of what you want. We need these bad things in our lives sometimes to remind us that we need God. I would not be standing here now if it wasn't for God and for the godly people that God put in my... My path. even though I was working for churches in the Philippines I still needed the help from over 4,000 miles away for me to get through the next day God allowed bad things to happen to good people to remind them to trust him he often allowed bad things to happen to the Israelites and they were his chosen people they were the people that he wanted to rule the world. He wanted to give them everything. But you read the Old Testament, and they didn't have a very nice time, did they? They were handed over to slavery. They were handed over to uh, walking in the desert for year after year after year, for decades. And then when they did eventually get to Jerusalem, the Romans were there to give them a kick in and to treat them like dogs. And these were his chosen people. But you are his chosen people. Every person in this room is chosen by God to be here this morning. You're here this morning because God has chosen you. You might not understand why you come here sometimes, but you're sitting here this morning because God wants you to be here. God's hand is on your life. God wants you to learn from everything that happens to you in the day, He wants you to be a better person for. When you go to sleep tonight, you will be a better person for the things that you've done today and you move forward. But only if you remember who God is. Only if you trust God. Only if you give the glory to God. When you start saying, I've done this, I did that. If they didn't, that wouldn't work if it wasn't for me. I've got news for people here. If you leave the church, the church will go on. It's you who won't go on. If you walk away from God, the kingdom of God is not going to collapse, but you will collapse. You see, God doesn't have to have us to be the glorious God that he is. But the magnificent thing about his grace and his mercy is that he heart would break if we weren't there he loves us that much that he needs us he wants us he wants us it's easy to talk about how great God is it's easy to talk about how we trust him but a lot of times we only turn to him when we want him and so we, What I really felt as I was going through, through this over the last couple of weeks is that we need to get the, the why out of our vocabulary and stop thinking why did this happen and say, well that happened, what can I learn from that? That happened, what can I do to move forward from that? What can I do so that doesn't happen again? What can I do to make sure that, that doesn't happen to other people? Because that's what Jesus would have thought. Jesus didn't want us all to be crucified so that we could have our sins forgiven. Jesus didn't say, right, if you want to come to the, um, into the kingdom of God, you've all got to be crucified. Jesus took our place on the cross for every single person, so we didn't have to go through the pain of that. So, a few wrong things in our lives, it's a bit better than being nailed to a cross, isn't it? You know, we we can't go out there into the world and tell everybody everything is perfect, everything's great, because they just look at you and think, no, it isn't. You just put the television on. Was it two or three in the last couple of days? Terrible accident on the motorway, a couple of terrorism acts, you know, and, and just... It, it, it's just the world is the world is fallen it's full of sin and we need to meet that sin head on and we need to be able to sit with people and put an arm on their shoulder and say God loves you there is something better for you you see bad things happen to good people to help other people When my close friend Steve died at the age of 52, I was devastated. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was out in Spain at the time and I got a phone call and I thought it was a joke because that's the sort of thing you'd do. he would die just to, you know, to try and get me because we was always playing tricks on everything. He was a great man. He was, he was in the, um, he was in Dave and Sue's year at college. He went on to run Teen Challenge in Bradford. He helped. He helped so many people in in the 20, 25 years. Him and his wife were in in ministry. And he saw so many people. He helped so many people escape addiction from alcohol and drugs. And he brought people to the Lord. He'd he'd walk up to somebody in Asda who was moaning and shouting at the kids and go up to him and say, you need Jesus. And I think if I said that, I'd get slapped in the face. (laughs) But they used to say to him, Why? And he'd be there. He'd put his shopping basket down, and he'd give people time. And, you know, so why did he go at 52? We were, he was only my friend because he was a month older than me, and so I wasn't the oldest person at college at the time. <laughs> and at his funeral, I was talking to a guy, and there was loads of people there who had been um, affected by Steve's ministry. And this guy had had his... Um, Life changed by meeting Steve, and he'd given off alcohol. And he had a job in Sheffield, and he was doing okay. And he said to me, he didn't understand why Steve gave up everything to work at Team Challenge. Because it was a horrible job. It's a hard job. Endless job. I mean, a lot of you know Santok, who... Who works with the uh, new directions and he helps people with drug and alcohol abuse, if you see him at the end of the week, he is absolutely physically drained because he spends the whole of his working day with people who are addicted to different different things and this has an effect on him you know he 's a Hindu and he was he's asked me if I will go with him to the monastery so he can go into um, to meditate he wants to go to a christian monastery to meditate and he wants me to go with him because he thinks they might get upset if a hindu goes there and asks and i told him that it's a catholic monastery and but he still wants to go but his life is affected so much by other people's sins the sins that these and he's a good guy he works he gives it gives so much of his life to it and, and, and this guy was saying to me, his name was Alan, and Alan just sat there, and we sat there in the pub, and we was having a drink, and we were just talking. And then he said, why did Steve do it? And I said, because Steve lived the gospel. He said, what do you mean, lived the gospel? I said, well, in the gospel, in Acts, the, that was written by the uh, Apostle Paul, he told us about the new church that was founded by the new believers. And it said there, to look after... The old, the sick, the disenfranchised people. I said, and that's what Steve was doing. Steve was doing that with all his heart. He was struggling week to week for money because the job didn't pay well. I know that. I know that they struggle sometimes to pay the mortgage and everything else. But Steve never missed a day through sickness because, and a lot of people didn't know it there, him and his wife had been saved from being alcoholics. At one time, their four daughters were sitting in the room next to them and they were going to be taken away because they weren't fit parents. But the local vicar spoke up for them and said Steve was a nice guy who... Who didn't go to church or anything else, but Steve used to go around and cut the lawn round in, in the churchyard to help out. And the social services turned around and said to him, okay, we give you another chance. And they, and they said, but you've got to start going on the program. They went on the program and Steve got saved. And then uh, Ali was saved as well. And this is why they did things with Teen Challenge because he had gone through the fire. He had had all these things happen in his life. He had had such a life. He nearly lost his four daughters. who were wonderful girls, and he loved them so much. But him and his wife weren't fit. And this, this guy, Alan, sat there. He was amazed that he didn't know all this because Steve never used to tell people when they used to come. About what was wrong in his life because he thought it would be wrong to turn around and say, well, I know what you're going through because I've had this and I've had that. He used to sit and listen to people and then he used to bring out the positives in their lives. And I found out after about six months after, um, two of Steve's daughters came out to, to stay with us in, in Spain and they told us that this Alan had been in touch to say that he was saved and he was going to a really good Pentecostal church in Bristol. And it was because he realised that it was God working through Steve and not Steve working through God. If you understand, he realised that nobody had told him about the gospel. Nobody gossiped the gospel to him. I'm sure Steve had had at some time but because of the place he was in at the time when he was alcoholic that wouldn't have stuck and because Steve was taken away that part had been missed but because of the example of Steve and Steve dying and me being there God had used that situation God had used my um, the pain that I was going through for me to talk to someone To see some good coming from Steve, and I'm sure Steve would would be jumping, you know, up and down because he would every time somebody come to the Lord, he was happy. If we was in the we did a lot of prison work, Um, we did. uh, Steve and I used to go in with the um, um, the lifers, and really horrible people. Really, when you come out, you wanted to go and have a shower because some of the things they did were terrible. But Steve used to drag me back there because he wanted to be there because he knew how sin dragged us down. He knew that sin caused so many knock-on problems for families and everything else. So I'll get carried away there. but (laughs) Bad things happen to good people to remind us we're not home yet. I mean, Cherry mentioned it this morning about this being... I think it writes in prayer about being a journey about where we were moving forward. And in John six sixteen it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You're on the winning side. If the if you if you're in the second world war and you knew that your army was on the winning side at the beginning, you'd be able to get through it with a little less fear. Jesus says, you will have suffering in this world, but I want you to focus on the word. This. In this world. This is not your ultimate destination. Right? We often get so busy building houses... Putting down plots, putting down foundations, putting down markers of where we are, taking care of our families, working our jobs, that we forget that this place is not our home. It's no longer our home. This is mine. I'll put a fence around which is mine. This is my, this is my field. This is my domain. We often forget that Jesus is even now preparing a place for us. We're not home, friends. The place we're going to has no pain. It has no suffering. It has no separation and there are no tears. The place we are headed to has streets of gold, gates of jewels and joy filling the air. You're not home. Yes. This place is not even a shadow of what God has waiting for us. There isn't a land, a country on this planet that is even 1% as good as the kingdom of God. Stop saying why are bad things happening to me. The fact is God will allow so-called bad things to happen to us in the course of our days. But as time goes by, you will find that significant things in your life will change. You will learn in life from the bad times. You will learn from the good times and from the mountain top experiences. You need all of them to make you the person that God wants you to be. All these why's that we have, why did this happen, why did that happen, is because the sculptor is chipping away to make you perfect. He's chipping away to make you the person for the job he has for you. All of us here have a role. When I look back, and I'm sure this will be for you, that many of the difficult days in respect, in retrospect, sorry, turn out to be unbelievably valuable. Because it is through those so-called bad times that you will learn some of its life's, some of life's more important lessons. I got talking to a guy yesterday who who lives across the road from me, and I found out after that he's one of the local drug barons and he was telling me oh all you've got to do is cover your car up and they can't do you because you've got no tax and you can't do this and you can't do that and he says i said no that's illegal he says, no no it's all right he said there's only one law and i said what's that he said don't get caught And I said to him, "Well, no, I I don't agree with that. I says, I'm a Christian and and that's not... And he asked me what I did and, of course, that was it then. You know, (laughs) 15 minutes later, you know, he's standing there and his head's spinning. But he's going through the bad times and he's encouraging other people to go through the bad times. And he's probably wondering why. Why does this happen and why does that happen? This morning, I want you to leave you, I told you to stop saying why. But if you have to say why, why not just change it a little bit and say, why do you love me so much, God? Why are you so wonderful to me? Why did you die for me? Instead of blaming God for everything, acknowledge God, give God the glory, give him his due. Talk to people, talk to them, not through them or over them. Sit down beside them, talk about the things that are important to them. Don't give people glib answers, don't give them stock Christian answers. Be covered in the blood of Jesus, which is wonderful to us because we understand that. But you say that to somebody who's sitting in the gutter because they've been out all night drinking, they won't understand that. I just want you today to know that how many days you've walked this earth, every day is a training day for the kingdom of God. And we can learn, we can all learn, every day we learn something new. And we'll be surprised sometimes where that new knowledge comes from. I just... We, we, we can spend all the time asking why. What we want to ask is what? What next? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to be? Because that's our job on this world. Because in the next world, it's all wine and roses and happiness. And you're going to spend more time there than you're going to spend here. So why let this place, this world, rob you of the joy in your heart about to the place you go? Thank you. Got you. So, just, yeah, thank you, Pete. (coughs) Pardon? It's not loud enough, apparently. You can't hear me. (laughs) Um, Just um, as we're finishing off, um, can I ask that we stack the chairs up on this side again? Yeah. And also, just want to make you aware that it's... um,